Right. So, this is the live feed, guys. We are here live with Graham, um, Graham Simmons. But uh, we're just going to give it a moment to start populating the feed. Give us a second to share everything to where we need it to share to. Um, if you're out there, please uh, drop us a comment. Let us know that you're there. Let us know where you're from. And if you would, happy days. Please share this with your friends and tag others who might be interested in watching. Just bear with us a minute while we wait for the for the feed to populate with uh, viewers. And um, hey, Bonnie, nice to see you again. Welcome. And uh, yeah, and let us just uh, get the share on as well here. So Graham's going to go on his phone and share the, the video to his profile so any of his mates can see it. And uh, I'm going to do it to my profile and perhaps to some of the groups that showed interest. So there it is, share. Share to group. Um, cool. Have you got it done, Graham? I think so. It says my watch party is about to begin. Oh, nice. So, um, oh, there's Brittany from the US. Hi, Britt. Um, yeah, that's great. Let's see who else. Let me also get it up on my screen here so that I can see what's going on. Um, we can make sure that everybody is in the loop. Okay, we've got a few people, a few people jumping in here, which is cool. Hi, all. Heather K, Karen Dewhurst, Gordon. Wait, hang on. Are we supposed to actually tell people that we mentioned <laughs> their names? Maybe they're not. Maybe they're supposed to be working or something like that. Maybe just use their first name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, use the first name so that you don't spam them. We don't want to. We don't want to get people into trouble here. Okay, so here we are. Rosie's there as well. Hi, Rosie. My other phone died last night, so I'm a bit lost at the moment because I'm trying to uh, operate various different uh, methodologies Michelle Keith hi Michelle long time no see good to see you right so shall we get on with this uh, already right so just for those of you who don't know this is Graham Simmons Graham uh, apart from being the first uh, recognized and confirmed COVID-19 case in Zimbabwe, is a good friend of mine from Victoria Falls. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time together whilst there doing all manner of adventures from uh, catching crocodiles, like you can see in the picture. That's Graham and I catching the crocodile on the Vic Falls Bridge, a big thing that uh, you might have heard of, heard about uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, and uh, he's also uh, works in the tourism industry and uh yeah all around just a generally good citizen of victoria falls so today's uh today's uh topic basically is uh, uh graham's uh, contraction of COVID 19 and recovery and uh, basically how it affected him both physically and um and emotionally and psychologically because obviously these things come with more than just a physical toll sometimes so uh so how's it graham Hey, thanks, Paul. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to Paul for having me on his his talk show here. I've been asking for many, many 
months and weeks to try and get on um, and it took me having to catch catch the, the dreaded corona to actually get the nod so yeah thanks very much making me go through all of that to just crack the nod to come on to here so yeah looking forward to to chatting about it and seeing it i think maybe we're going to hopefully there's lots of questions that come in um, and we can go take different different uh, routes so as i just a bit of background for everybody um graham actually came to to the uk to uh, attend some travel exhibitions uh, some trade shows and whilst he was here he spent some time in london and i raced up from my little village in the country into london to go and say how's it and uh, spend an evening with him and uh, a couple of other zen guys and uh we had a really good time on that uh that was what was that a thursday night yeah it was a thursday at the indian yeah, restaurant I had, to go to, I had to go to london anyway because i was attending a, a lecture at the royal society of chemists and uh, it just so happens that it was not very far from where he was so so it all worked out quite nicely but um we uh yeah we had a good evening and all the rest of it and graham then flew back to zimbabwe on the saturday got home on sunday and on monday morning i actually called into work and uh told them that i felt i should go into self-isolation this was before any lockdowns because i was experiencing some kind of COVID symptoms and at which point i contacted graham and said to him hey listen i've self-isolated today how are you feeling um because i'm not feeling good and i think that i'm there's a potential that i might be i might be infected um to which you responded i said man up have a spoon of cement no i actually said gee uh, i'm also feeling a little bit so this is the monday feeling a little bit uh, under the weather but i mean i fly really badly in terms of i don't sleep on planes and stuff like that so i thought you know i'm feeling a little bit fluey maybe it's a little bit of jet lag um so yeah i didn't think too much of it but when you did mention it then i suddenly thought mm, hang on but i think also it's it's important sorry paul if i can just jump in and say um it's this isn't the beginning of when everything was started you know i mean most of us Zimbabweans, we like to think we're tough in that, but we would never have traveled to the UK if, they, if the pandemic had been announced and there were all these cases. So I like to, when people ask me questions about it, I like to kind of think of it um, as a loaf of bread, you know, those sliced breads that you get in the, in the shops. And basically we're on one side at the moment and there's lots of different slices that we'll go through to get to where we are now. So a lot of the stuff we might talk about in the beginning sounds really stupid that we did. Um, but in those days, there was, no, there was no warning. I think the UK probably had one case and then um the ministry of minister of health caught it and everyone started to, to sit up then they announced i think on the wednesday that there's you know it's, it's pandemic status but the uk still had everything going people were getting worried about flying back and then and was yeah to to give context i mean this was the beginning of march wasn't it uh correct yeah it was the second week of march so i left uh your shores on the 14th of march got back well, here so uh the uk only went into lockdown at the end of march because or beginning of april because uh i know that i had self-isolated uh two weeks or two and a half weeks prior to the actual lockdown because i, yeah. I actually laughed when they went into lockdown i was like well i've been in self-isolation two and a half weeks longer than everybody else <laughs> so so yeah it was before the uk called the lockdown it was when things was everyone was still being quite complacent about everything there wasn't any major hype and uh and noise about it it was just like everyone was kind of cautious but it wasn't it wasn't as real as it is now yeah spot on i mean i even attended a soccer match with a colleague um in the uk and it was it, it was i mean great to go to the soccer match big premier league 
and stuff like that. But it, it, like thinking about it now, knowing what we know now, and how everyone was was reacting and in cramped tubes, in sharing taxis, uh, you know, like a waiter coming and passing, and um, putting a whole bunch of um, cutlery on the table, and everyone passed around. I mean, you and I even this is going to sound romantic, but you and I even shared a meal. And if you remember, like there was a little bit at the Indian restaurant that butter nut chicken. Now, a lot and of people the say, Josh, you think I can yeah, the right. It was from from Dave and that, but yeah, the yeah. first time I've ever had a butter nut chicken, not a butter <laughs> chicken. Um, but yeah, so so and it's just amazing to think now where we are and how we react. Like before we even step outside a house or a gate, we've got a mask on and we've sanitized our hands and we're making sure there's no other humans nearby type thing. Um, to then when it was all just uh, free spirited, my favorite word in the whole world, willy nilly, everyone out and about um, doing as 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 they like. Um, yeah, so that was the that was the Thursday I saw you. Friday we were actually supposed to see each other again. Yeah, um, and then you 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 couldn't make it, um, yeah. which is probably exactly. a, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So then on Monday morning I called you, told you that I wasn't feeling great, and then you sort of said to me as well that you weren't feeling great either, and that you were probably going to get some form of check checked out in some way or another. So take yeah, us so, from, take yeah. us from um, from Monday morning forward. Okay, so so important to note that one when I was in the UK, um, my work called me and said, "Hey, when you come back, it's mandatory now for everyone who's overseas, who's coming from an area where there have been cases, to um, self-isolate for 14 days." And I hit the roof. I was like, "I'll be honest." I said, "Listen, this is this is pathetic. How can you expect me to self-isolate? There's like two or three cases in the UK. I'm coming home. I haven't seen everyone. Blah blah blah." Um, and then, like they said, no, listen, rather be safe than sorry. And then it, it, it kind of turned to an argument, but also because I was a bit worried about, um, you know, our, we've got frontline staff in, 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 in where we are, you know, meet and greet people. I'm like, well, if I'm not allowed to go to the office, but they're going to be going to the office after being at the airport and things like that, it kind of defeats the object. So anyway, my boss, who, who I owe a bottle of champagne to or a beer um, afterwards, basically said, listen, have you heard what I said? I said, yes. He said, cool, I'm hanging up the phone. I don't want to see you in the office. I don't want to see you outside your house. Um, so that was a, a massive, massive blessing in disguise. So anyway, I got back on the Sunday feeling a little bit jet-lagged, um, in, into self-isolation in the house. Monday, we chatted. I don't think we chatted again on Tuesday, not too sure, but but basically started watching my symptoms a little bit more after your phone call. I know I know we did message every day. So yeah. Tuesday would have been like, hey, look, how do you feel? And then there wasn't much. There was Sometimes we'd just send selfies to each other and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it was, yeah. Um, and then on Wednesday, I think, I said no. I'm getting tested. Uh, I think yeah. After I spoke to 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 the, uh, our GP, um, and he said no, they'll send the people around. So the guys came on. I believe it was Wednesday, um, which was a bit surreal because now obviously in, in in your house and you're still feeling okay. My boss called me and he said, "I hear you getting tested." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Do you think you've got it?" And I said, "99.99% sure. I do not have it. I've had some symptoms, but it's not anything that I'm seeing on the news and the media." So anyway, I got tested and it took two days to get the results. Still self-isolating, so that's awesome to know I didn't go out or, or anything like that. Um, and then basically on Friday evening, I think it was, a GP called. Um, and how it works here is you... Before you get there, just so you can on my side from those days. So Tuesday, I still wasn't feeling hundreds, but I called the office and... Um, and I said, listen, I feel a lot better, but I don't know what the situation is. Because it also it was very really like, 
blurry for me what the situation was. I still, I don't have 100% confirmation on my side whether I did or didn't have have it. But uh, this will, the plot will thicken as Graham talks more. Um, but I actually on Tuesday went for a run to see how I could cope with see if I was feeling better. And I did my run. And for some reason, my muscles after that run immediately started going into into um, into like spasm and were abnormally painful for the, for for days afterwards. Like like ridiculously painful muscle stiffness and muscle soreness for the amount of work I had actually done or the amount of energy I'd expended. I've never had muscles as sore as that in my life. And that's when I knew that was still not right. There was something wrong. And I remember telling that to Graham. And then I spoke to my work and I said, look, I'm not 100%. I don't know what to do. I, I called the COVID hotlines and all that here in the UK. And basically, you can't get tested unless you're dying. So they just tell you self-isolate and wait for it to blow over. If you start dying, come to the hospital and then we'll sort you out. So my, my, my boss and my uh, colleagues decided that I should wait for Graham's results and then act accordingly to Graham's results because he and I had contact together. And if he if he was confirmed, then well, then it's a lot high likelihood that I was also in the same boat. So you may continue. So Graham said to me he was going to test on Wednesday. He got tested, and then I, I I was waiting with bated breath to hear his results. Yeah. So it was on. Um, Paulie, I'm getting like uh what are the subtitles on my thing do i turn it off because that must be irritating people i'm sure they can turn it off themselves That's i don't think anyone else can see them because i had that last week and i, I don't think anyone else could see it and i was also okay. very confused. Anyway, if you want us to turn subtitles off we can give it a try just drop a drop a message okay so sorry so back to back to um and how it works in big fours is obviously you speak to a gp and then they had um again remember it's an, i'm using the word immature but not immature and people immature but in the infancy stages of corona so no one really knew how how to react and stuff at that at that moment um and so the gp uh very fortunately put me in touch with the corona task force or the rapid response team they came to to the house um and it was a bit nerve-wracking because you know you, you've got your house your house is your your safe zone and suddenly there's a big ambulance parked outside they wanting to come in you have to step away from the ambulance remember those days no one we didn't have masks as, as civilians and that um and you step away from the ambulance and everyone like the guys get out and they're wearing full hazmat suits. It's like either they've come to remove a huge hive of bees or they've come to stick something down your nose. Um, so, and, and you don't know what to do. You kind of like, you're sitting there, you almost feel um, criminal, I suppose is the word, and hoping the neighbors don't drive past or someone looks over the wall. And, and you know, um, Paulie, Big Falls is a small community. So we just take one person to see an ambulance turn into Graham's house and then it's, yeah, something's happened. They, might, they probably wouldn't have thought Corona, but they would have thought something else and people start talking. So anyway, they, 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 they did the test where they put um, a swab. It's about that long and it goes as far down your nose until you can feel it tickling you in the toes. Um, and they twist it and it goes even further. Um, and then they take it out. And it, it took two days to to get it, the results, because they had to get it to Harare. That's where they had the, the testing machines um, in those days. Now we've got um, testing facilities a lot closer. And yeah, basically on the Friday, they, they called, uh, Dr. Colton said, hey, have you spoken to the rapid response team? And when he said that, then I knew, listen, it's, there's probably something more up here because otherwise it probably would have been just a, a text message would, would have sufficed to say, hey, you, you cleared, you, you're neutral. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so so then then he went into a quick, strict um, a follow-up. So it was basically, who have you seen? When did you travel? What was your seat number and stuff like that? And, you know, it's, it's quite difficult once you've got this news and you're thinking about, geez, 
okay, got Corona, you've seen all the negatives on the news, what's happening, what stage am I in? And now I need to start talking to who, who I'd been near and stuff like that. So all kudos to the, the GP. Um, and and yeah, so so gave the, the, the tracking thing. And I actually initially, uh, Paul, I think I forgot about, no, I didn't actually, you were one of the first ones on the list because I went through day by day. But there were some people that I forgot that had called back and say, hey, I remember seeing this person, this person, this person. Um, and Zim, I don't know if they were interested in contacting you or it was, it was mostly the Zimbabwean people, citizens that they wanted to. But you, when I had to contact you, was uh, you're actually the first person. So when when I went through after they announced it on the news um, and the ministry did me a real solid by announcing, uh, they didn't say the name, but they basically said Caucasian guy coming back from the UK. And so I had to quickly go change my Facebook status because there was like uh, pictures of me in the UK and stuff like that. And and people started putting two and two together. So friends in Vic Falls and some even overseas um, originally from here started messaging saying, hey, I've received this, I've received this. Um, so then, yeah, it was a bit, a bit tricky, but I had to, I, I called you and I, and I was and most people who I called and said, listen, I got to tell you this. I'm sorry, but you know we met for drinks in, in in the UK and I've just been tested positive and you maybe just need to check yourself and make sure you're okay and your kids and whoever you've come into contact with don't go and meet with with an elderly or anyone you know is thing and you you feel guilty, um, but you actually were the first person and I said, hey, Paulie, listen, I've tested positive. Um, I might have infected you and I don't know if you remember your first words to me, but you said, hang on, mate. I might have infected you and it took a lot of my shoulders which were cool because then i was like okay yeah it's true i didn't invent corona <laughs> i didn't want corona um and and i'm not the i'm not not the cause of the the root cause of it so that meant a lot to me so thank you for that um oh the same place yeah uh, sorry i lost you there i said uh, it's the truth uh, we could have been infected together at the same place you never know where it could have come from I, th I thought you said you loved me, and that's why I just wanted to hear it again. So <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, you already know that. I don't have to tell you. Three I tell you twice a day already. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was the that was the Friday, and it was a bit bit hectic because obviously, you know, you got to tell let the parents know because now it just starts spreading like wildfire. And strangely enough, with the media that we had here, the very next day, a friend actually sent me. Um, I chatted to him that morning, which was good, but he sent me a newspaper article saying that I had already died. And then I was like, am I having this out of body experience? Because he has a newspaper article saying uh, the first patient in Zimbabwe um, from Victoria Falls has passed away. And it was it was weird. So I had to quickly get on the, the phone to my parents and just let them know because the, the weird world of social media and how it works is one WhatsApp message can get forwarded a billion times in a second. We know how it works. I mean, all those conspiracy theories and stuff that are out there. Um, and so I had to tell them, hey, if you come across this, like, don't stress, like, I'm here because maybe I'd be, I don't know, in the bathroom, my phone's not there and they're trying to call and they start to worry. So yeah, that was, it started to go go, go really fast from there. Mm. Just a quick one. Uh, let's just uh, shout out to some people that are there. We've got a record-breaking 60 people on watching today that I can see, which is far more than most people come to watch my little broadcast before. So a uh, big shout out to all you guys. Thanks so much for coming. I know you came for Graham and not for me. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I appreciate the support. appreciate everyone who's, uh, who's taken the time out of their day to, to watch. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to drop them in the comments. We will take as many questions as, as are presented. Um, and 
if you think anybody else is interested, please share the video, drop a comment, uh, uh, tag someone who else might want to watch it. And um, yeah, I do this every Wednesday. Hopefully every Wednesday I'll have a different guest. This is my new little project, Soshing with Suntwe. And um, yeah, uh, every third, every fourth Wednesday, it'll be more like an AMA, just me alone, because I can only do a guest three times a month on this uh, on this package. Otherwise, I end up having to pay lots of money to to bring in more guests in, in one month. So so I'll have three guests in a month, hopefully. And then on the fourth on the fourth uh, fourth week, it'll be just me chatting to you guys about whatever you feel like chatting about. And if you want to be on as a guest, please inbox me. Let me know. Come up with a topic. I'm happy to discuss pretty much anything. Um, yeah, let's look at as many different things from as many different perspectives as possible, and let's uh, get some light entertainment whilst also trying to educate ourselves, or just educate me at least. So, so yeah. if I can few shout outs from my side here so first of all someone dave has mentioned that you can turn off the captions if you push the three buttons and then the subtitles disappear so i don't know if you have to do it your side because it's your 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 live thing um but yeah there's some just like quite a few friends have logged on which is nice so we've got people from the uk uh we've got people from mauritius we've got people from india we've got people all over from the states so that's cool and yeah so tanil has asked um is the test as bad as it looks uh i had to actually have four tests uh, before I do that, sorry. Hi, Simon. Simon asked for a shout out, so I've said hi to Simon. Um, he's a he, he's a great mate in Mauritius. Yeah, oh, um, nice get him on the show once or twice. It'll break there. Um, so yeah, so Tanil, basically the, those tests that there's different ones. Some you could there are rapid ones they can do where they swab your mouth, but the ones that they were using here can go down your into your nasal nasal passage and stuff. And it's there's there's pictures you can Google, not mine, but yeah, they're not the best. Um, it's it's yeah a bit of a worry and then what they have to do is they, they have to test you afters because it's not just like hey you've had corona and then after 21 days in those days they believed you could go out so zim followed uh world health organization guidelines and it was 28 days and then they they retested me and you have to test yourself they have to test you twice one today and then one 24 hours later and both those tests have to come back negative before they will allow you to go back into the public space and integrate reintegrate into society um and unfortunately after 28 days my first, my one test was negative a week uh, neg uh sorry my one test was negative and one was a positive so a week positive so they said no you have to wait another seven days and then they're going to test me again so i had to wait another seven days it was actually a bit longer because it's easter coming up now um and eventually they came and tested me then it took a couple days uh and they said yeah so in, in total to neil i think i had four uh four tests um before i could get two that were actually negative negative within at least 24 hours so now um, that was where you nail a nail into your head with a you know that whole carnival trick yeah no it wasn't yeah it was it, it, it was bad and, and every time it was you know ambulance coming and stuff and in fact the one time the ambulance parked outside because they got to know me um and and the neighbor drove past and knew i had corona then and saw the ambulance i thought things are taking a turn for the worse i started calling like the company and the boss and the boss was trying to call me and i'm trying to answer a phone but i've got this thing down my nose and it was yeah just sort of started getting a little bit out of out of mayhem and stuff like that okay um, we got questions from our side yeah um firstly ant adams uh, says glad you boys are okay and can share your story with us thanks Ant. yeah um that is always a, a bonus rosie wants to know uh so how sick did you actually get graham 
Um, so yes, look, it's it's it's. I had minor symptoms, and they considered minor symptoms, um, and that has caused a bit of frustration. Not that I had the minor symptoms, but a lot of people have said, "Well, you didn't really have it. Like, are you sure you had it? it was not a political stunt and stuff." Um, because my next test, uh, when I was trying to get uh, freedom back, came back um, positive, then I was certain I had it. But yeah, my symptoms. I was when I was flying back. I was temperature checked. And my temperature was always spot on. But also remember, you're sitting in an, an airplane, your, your body's cold anyway. I didn't have, I'd never had a fever that I could think of um, or recall. Um, and then it was mostly, I had uh, body aches. I had a stuffed nose, not a runny nose. And I had a dry cough. And the dry cough was about three, maximum four times every hour. So not something that you would be like, geez, I've, I've actually got this. This must be it. Um, I did have vertigo, which I thought was a symptom, and you and I chatted about it, but I realized the vertigo came after the first test when they stuck the, the swab mm -hmm. down and it starts to mess with your thing. So it was, yeah, it was a dry cough, no major headaches, but just fatigue, fatigue, fatigue. Like I couldn't walk to the end of the garden without having to stop and, and take a few breaths. Um, and then also at night, like when I normally sleep, I sleep on my stomach, I can't sleep on my back. Um, and I was unable to sleep on my stomach because it felt like my chest um, was being compressed. It almost felt like you had like a 10 kg ball um, for those in America, 22.2 pounds, whatever it is, um, uh, sitting uh, on, on your chest. And, and so you, you couldn't really breathe in, and then you start to worry a little bit. Um, and then the worst was shame. There was the, the second case um, was was um, found in Harare, a, a young gentleman who had traveled back from Chicago, the States, I think it was. Uh, and he had an underlying health um, issue, which we, we we didn't know about, the public didn't know about. So he had Graham and Vic Falls was the first case. And then about a week later, I think it was, the second case came up. And it was, you almost wanted to reach out to him and say, hey, listen, I, we're the only two two people in Zim currently that that, 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 that we know of. Um, but it was, it, it was sad because he actually, he passed away. He took a turn for the worse. Um, and he passed away because of his complications. So then we didn't know he had complications, the public at the time. So now I'm sitting here, um, doctor, ministry were all really great. You know, they were, they were always on WhatsApp. Listen, if you need help, we'll come in. If you don't need help, let's keep ourselves safe and distance. So I was happy with that. But as soon as he passed away, you know, I'm sitting and watching TV and you hear this case has passed away, even though my symptoms were minor um, and I felt I could get through, you suddenly think, geez, what happens if he was a little bit further down the line and here I am sitting at home with a smile on my face, doing my best to keep working and stuff. But if something goes wrong, because Zim, with all due respect, we weren't as well set up as we are now. Uh, now in Vic Falls, there's ventilators, there's a task team, it's done an amazing job and stuff like that. But we were, we were never as set up um, to to take. If, if if things had turned worse, we had, I got great doctors around me and stuff, and I'm sure they would have been able to do do great work. But you never know how worse. Are you, are you going into like full on, um, no breathing or you're just feeling a bit sick and stuff and then borders started closing so there's no medevacs around so Zim had to actually turn internally and start to 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 raise funds and stuff and and put uh, medical equipment together so from a symptoms point of view on my side as well uh graham and i sort of kept comms every day and our symptoms pretty much developed exactly the same um uh the, the only thing that that was really significant for me was that muscle soreness so fever side of things i had one sweaty fever night i think was the night before i called into work sick so it was a sunday night and um 
Then that Monday I was in bed all day and just trying to take it easy, like mild flu symptoms. Then the Tuesday, like I said, I was feeling much better. I went for a four kilometer run and that's when the muscle soreness stuff started. So I was still running. My chest got tight and felt heavy for the entire duration, but I never actually developed a full on cough at all. There was no cough, no cough. And headaches, any headaches? No, nah, not really. It's not what your wife told me. You were, you were the biggest headache to her. So, yeah. but, um, this, uh, the, what, all I, all I had was like very sort of general feeling of unwell and like mild flu symptoms. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't ex like, I thought I could still go for a run. And then I, I think I even went for another run on Thursday to see if I could, but my muscles were too sore. Yeah. And Graham actually gave me a bit of flack for that. He's like, don't be stupid. Why are you running? Yeah. I, 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 was, I was saying yeah. I'm scared of being fat again like, uh, like I was when you saw me in that picture of the crocodile. <laughs> um, Paul, we've got two two questions here. So, well, the first is from Mr. Cook down at yeah, Town. So keep going. He was, uh, he was, uh, he was talking, he, he chatted to me. So he's a, he's a good friend of the Harari now. And actually, before they had their first case, you know, we were chatting and I said, listen, don't go out. It's, it's, it's probably in Vic Falls anyway. And yeah, I think my, my words to him when he said how was I feeling then was definitely I'd had I'd had worse hangovers, but not to not not to to pull on to I didn't like mood in that. Um Yasha also down um in Zim, he he said, How did you guys recover? Um it just took time. So a lot of people did ask me like what medication were you on? Um how did you how did you survive it and stuff like that? And it's it, it comes back to that whole if you're in a certain age category, you've got a, a very, 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 very strong chance of of clearing it you just have to obviously look look after yourself in that so the, the the strongest pain medication i actually took was was panadol there was not there's nothing else you can take you're not supposed to take the anti-inflammatories um uh, and it was the panadol worked because it helped with the muscle pains and just allowed me to sleep a little bit better uh, the other thing was drinking hot um hot water and lemon and things like that now it's not it's not a cure I know there's people who say breathe into hair dryers and drink salt water and turmeric and stuff like that. That's not a cure, but what it did do is it did help with the breathing a little bit. So I don't know. I can't explain. I'm not a doctor. If it's if it was opening up your your lungs more, or whatever. But what it did do, it it relaxed me, and it meant I wasn't. I'm not going to use the word wheezing because I wasn't wheezing. But like, you know, when you're having to take three breaths to your one normal breath at some stages when you're walking from A to B or you're lifting something or or things like that. It did start to help. Um, let that up which is good so nyasha just took, it took a bit of time um and literally it it, it it kind of peaked and that's when it really felt like someone was sitting on my chest or if i leant down forward and stuff like that i, I couldn't sleep in my chest it was bad but but slowly 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 um it was yeah it started to to feel better and, and obviously a lot of people were, were worried and you didn't want to put a a, a crazy you know send fear through everyone that they think you're gonna gonna kick the bucket or whatever so it kept a smile on the face and uh, yeah, and tried to to play it off as much, but it's definitely even the minor symptoms is not something you want to give. And uh, Paulie, sorry, I know I'm talking over the longer one minute, two minutes. Said, but yeah, it's it's the important thing is, is is obviously it's like you, Paul, can recover, I can recover, and stuff, and we, we evidence to that. But the the worry is obviously it's the the person that you might give it to, or and maybe they won't recover, or not even them. It's the three or four down the line. So for example, when I came back on the Sunday. Monday we normally play touch rugby, and because work had said, "Hey, don't go to touch rugby," I uh, don't go, don't go, go to work, and don't go out. You need self isolated. I was fortunate that I was 
stringent enough to stay home because it would have been great to go and see my mates I haven't seen for over a week and just, you know, go shopping or go for a walk or something like that, even if I was feeling a little bit jet-lagged as mentioned. But had I gone to that touch rugby and I survived, we know that, we're at the end of the, 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 the lo loaf of bread as we chatted. But had I gone to touch rugby and, and played, I mean, I'm, I'm not the fastest guy, but a lot of people probably would have been touching me and catching me if I, was, if I had the ball. They could have got it, you know, just breathing on each other. And then they go home to their house and they might share with two or three other people. And then that person goes to a hotel where there's a staff member who's worked for you know 30 years or something or they visit their, their elderly grandparents or something like that and then those are the people that start to to get affected about it so that that was was my biggest worry um as well and kudos to work for telling me to sit tight yeah um rosie is asking were there any other confirmed cases in vic falls uh negative no no official confirmed cases in vic falls so i think that's the one the one thing that the newspapers were, were happy about um, in, in terms of the in terms of saying I, I managed to not infect anyone. Daniel's saying, what are your views as to if this is natural or man-made? Hey, <laughs> it's natural. I, I'm saying it's natural. Like I know I, I, there's a lot of conspiracies out there and people laugh and stuff like that. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I like to watch a movie and laugh, laugh about the theories. Um, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but I do believe in opportunistic theories. So whether or not people are saying China made it or the UK made it or Bill Gates made it, um, people will rise to the occasion to take um, take take forth an opportunity. So let's say China had it. It was it came from bats or whatever. Someone ran into a cave and they were hiding from the bats or came out of a laboratory, sorry, hiding from the rain and they touched the bat poo-poo and they, they got it somehow because it mutated or it escaped from a lab, whatever it was, different theories. China had it first and it spread. So China's coming back now. They've got the economy slowly getting back on track. They can start buying uh, market shares where they feel like they're going to have a stronger foot. So now people are saying, oh my gosh, China created it to drop the economy to be able to buy the market shares. So I don't believe in the conspiracy theorists, but I do believe people are going to try and make money out of something. We humans, we greedy. That's how we got into this, this problem in the first place. Um, and yeah, so opportunity opportunity theorist, not a conspiracy theorist, if that makes sense. Humans will try and find patterns even where they don't exist. That's just the nature of humanity. So uh, a lot of the time these theories get uh, get uh, pulled out because uh, there's some correlation, but correlation doesn't mean causation. So it's, it's a yeah. difficult one. Next question is got from Ori Lee. They say you struggle with your chest even after the virus. How true is this? Well, the thing is with this, you can only give um, anecdotal evidence from first-hand experience. Can't speak for everybody else. So from my point of view, I ran, I'm running 5Ks a day at the moment without any hassles. Graham? Uh, if I ran 5Ks, I would have hassles before Corona. So um, I actually went for my first, we chatted earlier, I went for my first run today. And yeah, it was, look, it, I haven't run for six weeks or done anything further than the edge of the garden and back uh and and it was okay so um before i get any stick about running in victoria falls there's a statutory instrument that says we can so don't start hitting me up about that um but yeah so i i, I haven't noticed any effects i think maybe when i go back to longer distance because it was a short run um or maybe if i go back into the gym or something like that we'll notice but i don't think just okay. from from what i felt it how bad it hits you so, correct as well yeah. and age and stuff yeah then hugh coppin just says graham told me it was like a bad hangover you should know what that feels like <laughs> um i meant the movie <laughs> rosie said uh thank goodness they were mild but it still sounds bad shame um sue Lorene clark taste and smell were yours affected 
Funny enough, yes. So, Sue, actually, the the smell, like, because it was still in its infancy and immature stages, um, people started talking about the the loss of smell. And I was actually, I, I would have, I would go through stages where, um, it's going to sound gross, but let's just all things like my salivary glands would would start to overreact, and I'd start to feel quite nauseous and stuff. And I I think it was going through a phase where my my smell had been affected, and then I'd suddenly just get a strong smell of something, and eventually it, it felt like it, it went away completely. Um, so much so that I could cut an onion and hold it to my my nose and breathe in, and, and I wouldn't be affected by it. Because if I do that now, I'm crying like I've just watched Frozen two again. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have no recollection on the taste or smell thing, but I I don't think my sense of taste is all that good anyway. But um, yeah, I have no recollection on that. Then, Kilian Tavares, do you think being fit made a difference for you, Paul? Not sure how fit Graham is. Wondering if being fit made any kind of difference. Firstly, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. But uh, I'm pretty sure it does. I mean, general general uh, good health and well-being is always going to be an advantage. In any sort of malady or illness so um, i would encourage everybody out there to try and keep as healthy and fit as possible and make sure you're boosting your immune system at all times so that when things like this do occur you're at the top of your game and not um not vulnerable if possible i mean obviously it's not possible for some people do you have any yeah I, I think i think you you paul you're you're a non-smoker i'm a non-smoker i know there are um, stories out there coming out of france um where where they're saying um, smoking doesn't doesn't it, it doesn't affect the corona and stuff, but obviously if your lungs have been affected by smoking prior, then you're going to have l less lung capacity. Um, and to all the hangover things, yeah, it, it did feel like a bad hangover going back to my uni days and stuff. But um, I, I, Sarah was obviously had been pregnant for a while and stuff, so so we hadn't I hadn't been drinking or going out much, you know, um, and I don't normally drink drink a lot unless it's a celebration. Um, so that did help, I think, and I was generally a little bit fit, you know, playing on touch rugby, going for a jog, walking, doing a bit of gym where possible and stuff, but but nothing nothing crazy. Paulie, I've got some questions on my side. Generally all round, but um, yeah. Daniel said, yeah, health always has a part to play. And then the last thing from my side, he also said, um, I think in response to was it man-made, that question, he says, so then why does influenza not have the world on close down? So then why does it? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, obviously... It's that's like I said. There's opportunist opportunism that's that's come, and maybe people have, uh, if they just said let's close down because of influenza, because they want if they wanted to do something. I'm not saying this is what I believe in. They can't just do it after you know 100 years of, of, of having the flu. People would say, ah, oh, no, out. But now that they've come up with a, a name that's there and it's a novel virus and stuff, opportunism has come. Because I, we, I, I'll be honest, I have seen some governments that are um, taking it to its extremes. They are pushing pushing citizens and livelihoods, sadly, to to the brink of, of non-existence anymore. You know, people are gonna 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 pass because of, of that and not because of corona. That's another topic maybe we'll, we'll explore. Um but yeah the, I think maybe that's Daniel, maybe that's one of the one of the, the, the things. Um Paulie I've got uh, da, 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 Heather K says why would you say the number of international tourists we welcome through the town from high risk areas, would you say we have only had one case yet? Um, personal opinion, and might be a bit controversial, is I don't think I was the first case in Zimbabwe, officially. I mean, in just being corona-ized. Corona, corona um, but I, I was definitely the first case on paper because they tested me and they found it. I think, Heather, you'll probably know there's, there's obviously stories that came from your neck of the woods and stuff like that um, with people traveling back and saying, oh, no, they might not have it and that, but they don't test people in, in the UK, as Paul said. So if someone... <clears throat> 
excuse me, was traveling here and came and went back to their country of origin and were tested positive for 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 it there, then we could say yeah, they were in Zimbabwe, but they're still getting marked as being there. We had a, a visitor from who traveled through Zimbabwe. I'm not sure the exact um, location in that, but they were tested positive for corona in Namibia. So definitely someone had it and would have come into contact. If they're tourists, they could have come into contact with uh, people selling um, carvings and stuff, you know, your waiter at the restaurant, your housekeeper, anything like that. It just takes, you know, one cough in the wrong place and, and someone can't catch it. So Heather, I, I definitely don't think um, I, I, I've been the only case in, in Vic Falls. I think there's probably been a lot. Um, there's some studies coming out of other countries where they are testing people and realizing that a lot of people have had it before. Um, so yeah, I think official on paper, yes, and it's a horrible moniker to have. It did get me on Paulie's show here, so we're eternally grateful for that in hindsight. Um, but the case, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have had it. And a lot of people actually spoke to me afterwards. Um, it was interesting. There were two types of people. So one type would be like out of the blue, like they, they would have heard I had or might have had it. And they'd be like, hey, Graham. And you're like, hey, you're like, how are you doing? I'm like, good, thanks. And you? And then they'll be like, fine. You know, they were, they were beating about the bush. They didn't want to come in. Other people were like, hey, I heard you got corona. Um, I've got some 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 strange symptoms. Can you tell me what there was? And obviously, I'm going to give a terrible example. But people would be like, my butt's on fire. My eyes are bleeding. I can't smell anything. Um, like, it's just, yeah, blood coming out of my ears. Were those your symptoms? And I'm like, no, I've had minor symptoms. And I've got a tight chest and whatnot. And they're like, oh, thank God I don't have corona. I'm like, you've probably got Ebola or something like that. And you need to go and get it checked out rather than worrying about the corona. And that's the problem with this hype that's been created is that people are so focused on this that 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 you might actually come out of this whole world lockdown and let's say there's a vaccine or, or disappears or whatever and, and everyone opens up and goes back to normal and you'll walk out of the street and get hit by a bus. And there we were sitting hoping for the last two months or three months or four months to go and finish as fast as possible. And we're just basically wishing away our lives. So we need to make as um, we need to make 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 as much of the situation as we are. Once again, opportunist in terms of not taking advantage and making money of sick people and that, or potentially sick people, but but just how we do how we deal with it. I've got a Daniel's just said something here, so I'm going to just uh, make a disclaimer statement here. Daniel's saying, so how do we deal with the asymptomatic cases? Um, we not yet. <clears throat> problems <laughs> we didn't sign up for that <laughs> we yeah. tell you our experience um and uh, yeah we can chat about it and we, we're very interested in hearing other people's perspectives but as far as uh, taking over the role of government and coming up with a solution i'm not a virologist or a pathologist or a microbiologist or any type of just that needs to be uh, that knows anything about this particular topic so yeah. i really don't Think I'm Where is Daniel based, Paul? Bulawayo. Oh, okay, cool. I was going to yeah. say, I thought maybe he, if he was in another country, we could chat about how they're dealing with it there. Um, Daniel, I think there's a lot of people who've had it. To be 100 honest, I think a lot of, I think there's 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 more asymptomatic cases that have been been out there that we didn't know. There's there's people I've spoken to now that have said, hey, they had terrible flu-like symptoms in December. More than you think. Like yeah, for spot on. So there, there were some stats. I'll throw some stats quickly. It's, it's a state in in one of the states in the states. How they're doing their lock, lockdown and stuff. They've got fifteen thousand cases that are contributing to um, the, the however many millions they've got in, in in the states. And the governor actually said they ran independent tests with with 
kits they were happy with and stuff. And they just went out and randomly tested people. So not anyone like, hey, are you feeling sick? Have you felt sick? Have you come? They just tested random people. And they came back with 200 positive results. So they weren't saying if the results were positive that the person, I, I couldn't figure out if the person was still sick. They were saying it could be that 200,000 people some of them are, are still sick and, and would be um, contagious, but others are um, would have had it. And it's the antibodies that are coming out. So they're saying we're opening up because we, we're contributing 15,000 statistics to this to the pile. But there's actually 200,000 that we have tested ourselves. And that's that's the thing that, that's, that's driving me a little bit insane. And I don't know, coming back to opportunist theories and it feeds the conspiracy theorists, is why are governments not doing more to test for the antibodies? If someone has had it, what is their immunity? We know for SARS and we know for MERS is a long, a long immunity. You know, it's it's, it's over a year, up to two years in certain things. Um, for the the common flu, it's not as long as that. It's generally up to six months or a year. Um, and then once the flu comes around, again, it mutates a bit and we get sick again. But the 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 tricky thing is why aren't we saying it? Are like why aren't we saying if you've had it, you are immune? Because if there's two hundred thousand people just in that state that are immune, then they could be at the forefront. You know, they can get trained to give care to other people. They can go back to work, even if they were maybe a journalist and someone needs to process food in a meat meat um, processing factory. Get that person in there, so we can get the economy and the livelihood start start going again. Got any more questions on your side? Uh, no. Um, not come on, guys, throw some questions. A lot of people from Mauritius clocking in, which is cool. Hey, Mauritius, um, Namibia, so quite a few people there, which is quite nice. So, just yeah, hi to hi to them. I think a lot of people are leaving poorly because we're sticking around that 4750 number. So, some people <laughs> are obviously a little bit, little bit bored with us, but it's fine. Rosie is shouting at us for touching our faces. You guys are touching your face, yes, but we're not touching each other's faces, Rosie. <laughs> afterwards yeah so so it's it's tricky and getting back to Dan's things like how do we do it how do we deal with it it's 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 impossible because yes there's been a, a concerted effort to lock down most countries and stuff like that yes I think it, it to, to do a three-week four-week lockdown did was necessary so because we knew nothing about it we didn't know if everyone's gonna die we didn't know if anyone had it we didn't know how contagious it was um, but now they're starting to see it. So why are they still keeping the lockdown? If Tanya mentioned there of the South African government, where you, you can't even go and um, sister law telling you can't even buy nail nail varnish until recently. You couldn't buy certain clothes or shoes because you know it's just it's it's draconian methods and stuff. And and one of the biggest worries is that now we're one step closer to being able to uh, to do it again. If if let's say down the line COVID twenty comes out or whatever it is, the the next one. People can easily, it's almost like flicking a switch and saying, okay, everyone going to lockdown now. So then where do you draw the line between, is it a, is it a real danger or are the people in government doing it to, for, for some other reasons? I know in South Africa, they've got um, the ban on alcohol and, and cigarettes and the ban on alcohol, that, and alcohol is purely based on preventing violence and domestic violence while people are locked up, which I can, I can understand, but I'll touch more on that later. And then the ban on cigarettes is saying that if I was smoking next to Paul, then we, we would be sharing a cigarette. So it would be be we'd be spreading it but i mean if i'm sitting next to paul anyway i'm probably going to cough or i'm going to spread it anyway if i'm not as as conscious enough to do it so then they look into it hang on why are they still keeping the ban on alcohol and the ban on cigarettes and there's links that start coming around to certain people that want to benefit from the black market where you can sell it at, at, at a much higher profit and stuff like that so once again opportunism not conspiracy i'm not saying anyone in the south african government is doing it 
Um, and I'm not saying the South African government banned it deliberately to do something, but maybe there's people in, in powerful places that are now able to um, to benefit from it, from that opportunity. Um, okay, a few more questions here. Uh, well, some of the big theories, like, like, I feel like uh, people give these governments way too much credit sometimes and that uh, they think they're much more powerful and much more organized and much more intelligent than they really are. <laughs> That's yeah. my personal opinion, but anyway, yeah, carry on. You said you got some, some, uh, some questions. Um, so Dominic uh, Giza or Gizar, um, out of the Western Cape says, uh, agreed, we need more antibody testing here, and definitely on that. Um, I think just touching on the testing, a lot of people are always saying we need tests, we need tests, and it's great. That's like kind of saying, uh, we need to have more food in the world and spread out evenly. So it, it's difficult to actually get it to do one test on someone's house. You need a vehicle, obviously. You need about three people to go. You need a full-on hazmat suit, the PPEs that you're going to throw away at the end of it. You need a testing, uh, the test. You need to be able to get that test to another place. So it's it's not as easy as just saying, you know, you you flicking flicking a light switch and it comes on. You know, there's electricity or there's no electricity. So we do definitely need more antibody tests. But that also makes me wonder why aren't we testing for antibodies? Is it because they don't want people to say, hang on, I've had it. Here's my antibody test. You can't stop me from going out and it does cause other mayhem. Maybe I can't think as, as, as far ahead as what the governments want and stuff. Um, Tanil also says you're not allowed to, to buy underwear or a light bulb. Um, underwear and a light bulb. I don't know what she's got planned for, for Friday <laughs> evening, but yeah, it's, um, that, that, to me, that's crazy. Like if your light goes out over the next two months, you need to replace it. So I think the, the belief was people were saying that they're wanting to um, prevent people going out unnecessarily. So if you go out, you're buying essentials, you're buying food, and you're coming back. Um, you're not going to like you know wander around the store and, and check for clothes or, or light bulbs and stuff. But an essential to you might be different to essential to me. As you know, Paul in Zimbabwe, the essentials for people here is food. You know, right. people need mini meal, they need food. Um, a lot of people are living on a on a day to day basis where it's not a case of they've got savings in the bank or big pantry they can just pull on. You know. So, but essential to someone maybe in South Africa, like Tanil, is she needs underwear and a light bulb to do whatever she wants to do. Yeah, uh, Ori Lee is saying, what are your views on the vaccine? Wow, it's another big one. <laughs> Ori Lee, are you talking about Bill Gates vaccine or just vaccine in general? So look, I think they're chasing a vaccine. Um, a lot of people, particularly if you in, in different demographics, so if you look at America, a lot of people there are on, uh, medication and they they jump to go to medication you know if, if a child has got a little little bit of a sore some stomach or something pop off to the pharmacy and you get your medication and in in south africa zimbabwe you'll know it's a bit it's a bit different where people aren't as um ready to rush forward so a lot of people i would say here are saying listen we need a vaccine because then we can get tourists to come but necessarily i'm not going to want to take a vaccine if it was here but if it's going to make people feel okay and they can travel then go for it um, I believe some people are saying vaccine comes out towards the end of the year. Others are saying it's going to take 18 months. Every time I turn the TV on the last six weeks, they keep saying 18 months. No one's dropping the timer down. Um, optimistic, I think they will find something. Um, but if you look at malaria virus as well, they still haven't found a vaccine for malaria. Um, so I don't think we should hold our breath. Um, it's one thing what Mr. Trump said that I do agree with um, is that vaccine or not, we mustn't focus on that and believe only once the vaccine is here, then we can actually um go back go about our lives we should be starting to go about our lives in whichever way possible in whichever way legally allowed to um from the get-go yeah so i've got um 
we've got Rosie says there's about to be a baby boom, <laughs> probably. Uh, everyone uh, and I think a baby boom and a divorce boom as well. <laughs> everyone in SA needs to calm down. Too much suburban hysteria. That's from Navani Pile. Uh, Daniel says, Paul, my perspective is that this was released on purpose, but on reading various articles, whether true or not, it would appear various countries are involved. That's an interesting perspective. But again, we can't really comment on that because we have no no evidence to say yes or no, or it's all speculative. Paul, have you not watched Plandemic, the the 25-minute trailer on a film that's not going to come out? I'm trying to watch Rubber. That's a one. Um, Christine Robinson, I think... I think a lot of people, especially here in England, worry about the amount of people who have died of COVID-19. So they become very aware of where they are, what they're doing, etc. I think there's a big divide between um, countries like Zimbabwe, South Africa, that haven't seen the true uh, scale of the pandemic, as opposed to countries like the UK, Italy, and Spain that have actually seen the impact of what can happen. So where some people say it's all just hysteria and panic and why are we locking down, it's because you haven't seen what's happened and you haven't seen the spilling over hospitals. If you watched my very first um, broadcast three weeks, uh, a month, about a month ago with BB Eastwood, I actually had someone from the NHS come on as a guest and talk about what they had seen firsthand and literally talking about bodies and bags in the hallways that they can't get rid of fast enough to get open up beds. And that's the whole thing of flattening the curve and the first wave and the second wave and how they're trying to create waves by doing the lockdown and then easing it a bit and then reinforcing it, then easing it a bit. They're trying to create waves of, of, of peaks that they can manage throughout the healthcare system. So, you think about places like South Africa and Zimbabwe that don't have the kind of facilities that the UK does have, they go into draconian lockdown measures because they don't have the facilities no matter what the waves are. They're trying to stop the thing as hard and as fast as possible. So I, I, I don't like to take sides or give too much credit to governments too much, but the, the point of the matter is what would you do in their position? Do you have an actually, do you actually have a better solution? And in these situations, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. If they do the lockdowns, they're, they're, they're assholes for being draconian. If they don't do the lockdown, then government's not doing enough. So they, there's no win in this situation. You're, as the president or leader of a country, you're a dickhead no matter what in this kind of situation. And it's, it's very, very difficult. So I think the only thing we can do is, as people is try to be somewhat understanding and compassionate about the whole thing. Um, Daniel then says, out of all countries, it would appear that China has benefited from this ordeal. Yeah, again, they've probably taken advantage of it for sure. And I think other countries will take advantage. Businesses have taken advantage. I think PPE manufacturers are laughing all the way to the bank. I think uh, I know hand sanitizing manufacturers are laughing all the way to the bank. Certain parts of the, of the world will benefit while other people uh, suffer. That's that's the nature of life. That's how it is, I think. Um, Daniel says he agrees on the impact factor. Um, Christine Robinson saying over 39,000 people. I think that's deaths. Uh, Val Chikali, it is still going to hit us here. Our winter is coming. I agree with our precaution here in South Africa. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I think, I think personally, again, talking about a place like Zim in South Africa, because it hit the high traffic travel destinations first, the UK being a major hub of the world. Obviously, the UK is going to get it hard, fast, and in the beginning, and it will trickle to far-reaching far places like South Africa and Zimbabwe. 
So even though you guys got some, you got a far smaller dose to start with, and then suddenly went into lockdown because you, uh, the the your governments copied what the UK and and uh, Italy and everyone else was doing. So from that point of view, you guys are sitting there going, "Why are we in lockdown?" There's like three cases. It's because you it's because you went into lockdown fast as soon as everything happened. Whereas we waited for ten thousand people to have it before we had not lockdown. So it yeah. spread fast. I don't I don't think it's wrong personally. I just don't know. I I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's right. I just I don't know a better way. I I can't think of a better way. I don't know what you think. Graham. Yeah, it's difficult. Eh? You know, in the beginning, like I said, I, I believed in it, and and our, my family's had massive arguments and and stuff like that. That that's come from it, um, and friends as well. You know, it's it's kind of divided. What I have noticed is that a lot of people, um, and I say this with all due respect, eh? so please don't paint me with a horrible brush and never talk to me again. I have noticed that a lot of people that are imminent with their their jobs or their businesses failing have yeah. suddenly taken a harder line and saying um, we should open. Hold on a sec. Because on that note, Tanya, Tanya is saying, what are your thoughts on preventing people going to work? People are now reaching the point where they can no longer feed their families um, and are earning no income. Not all countries are as generous or jacked up in helping provide funds for their currently unemployed. So I think this is where you're going with this, hey, Graham? Yeah. So, so, so the, the thing is like, okay, so let's take a, I'm in the tourism industry. Let's say there's a hotel. Okay. So US borders, UK borders are all closed. Even if Zimbabwe opened up its borders and said it's people can go to the hotel um, to work, whether you're a waiter, housekeeper, manager, whatever it is, you're still not going to have guests. So people say, yeah, but there's local tourism. But the local tourism, the way we are set up, all our businesses are set up, uh, are most in here particularly and in other parts of the world are mostly set up for um, for international. You know, the prices are high and, and the yield and stuff like that are going to numbers. Um, it, we can't survive on local local to, local tourism alone. So let's say the government of Zimbabwe says, oh, people need to eat. Let's send them out. Off you go. Um, go to your place of work. Uh, work can, can't retrench you. But if, if the UK and the international borders aren't sending people in, they're still not going to be able to get the food to eat. So we, we, we come into that stage now of lives versus livelihoods. Definitely the initial thing was to flatten the curve. And I think many countries have done it or just starting. I think, Paulie, you in the U UK are starting to come off the, the peak now. So it's an interesting time. They're looking at opening up a few one. things. On wave one. On wave one. Correct. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, chat about the waves just now because I've got another theory on that. So, second wave is planned; it has to happen. It's not, yeah, not that it might. It, there's going to be a second wave. It's part of the yeah. plan. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but, 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 saying to someone like you know, it's, it's like, it's like being on the side of a, of, of a river. Let's say, and there's crocodiles in the river, and you need to get to the other side because there's lava coming or whatever. If you stay on that side, you're going to get the lava is going to burn you and you're going to die. But if you take a chance and go through the river. You might also die, but you you need to eat. You know, you you need to find thing, and it's it's it, so it's it's difficult. Who was it? Was it Tanya? Sorry, Tanya. It's very it's difficult to say. Like, I don't I don't have the answer, but I think we're coming to a stage where maybe we need to we flatten the curve. We set up systems in all different countries. Italy are coming out of the 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 the, the bodies in the hallway and stuff like that. Very sad there. Um, so maybe we need to start allowing certain sectors of the public to go because even if we stay in lockdown for another six weeks when we come out there's still going to be a spike so how much of the curve do we want to flatten mm. you know so so what what's the plan afterwards um the initial thing was stay at home to flatten the curve that's good the other thing we need to also focus on is that this virus can be beaten that's the good thing it's not like you know e ebola is a terrible virus because when it gets when it infects the host it kills the host quite quickly generally speaking 
And that's not what viruses want. Viruses want to be able to carry on. Um, they want to infect as many people, multiply themselves, infect more organisms and carry on. It doesn't want to kill the host because then it dies with them. So this virus is very clever. Uh, remember, I'm not a virologist. I've got a Wikipedia degree in it, but um, nothing, nothing. Like, so you can contradict me and stuff. That's fine. But this virus wants to infect as many people as possible and then go on to other people, other people and stuff like that. So eventually what might happen, um, it, it might actually mutate to where it, it's like the flu. It doesn't kill as fast or the elderly only and stuff. I know the flu does kill, but I'm just going to something. So it doesn't kill as many people and it will just pass through us. Other thing is, maybe we've had the first wave poorly. I know this is this is contentious and we can box here, but maybe we've had the first wave. You know, France had a case where someone came in sick. They still had their, their blood or whatever on file and they retested it and found out, hey, this guy actually had Corona in December. So this guy was walking around the streets, you know, he obviously took precautions and he took his free med and med lemon and stuff, but he would have infected other people. So maybe the big curve has been there. We don't, we don't know. That's why it gets back to that antibody testing. We're great to be able to test antibodies and see how many people have had it. Um, I, just, I don't know the, the, the technology behind it, but sorry, getting back to the fact that we can defeat this virus. If we had mind control over everyone and we all just went into a hibernative state for 21 days, like a full shutdown across, like no, everyone's got food in an ideal world. Everyone's got water, everyone's got electricity. Everyone stays home. In 21 days, if you lock down or shelter in place with the people that you're with now, technically you should actually, if you caught the virus, you'll get rid of it or you won't be as contagious. And then we open the world. But humans are stupid. A lot of people are taking chances. You know, in Italy, when they started doing the lockdowns and closing down the certain regions, people would sneak out at night to go to a party down the thing. You know, 5,000 people come back and they brought it into, into, into a village. You live in a village. So imagine if you snuck out at night, got, got coronavirus, then came back and went about your day um, as you, you wanted and you start infecting people. That's the problem. You know, we're still fortunate that dental can cure it if you wash your hands with it and soap can cure it. So we need to focus on that. If everyone does their part, if you feel sick or you think you're sick, stay at home. Wear your mask in public. That's one thing that Zimbabwe's done, which is great because me wearing a mask is not stopping Paul giving it to me. It's stopping me probably giving it to Paul. Even though I don't feel sick, I might do a cough or I might, as, as Rosie said, we touch our face, touch the face, touch the desk, or touch the counter and walk away. I'm like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fit, I'm all cool and stuff like that. But the next person might come and then they infect it from me. I might never know I've got it until we do the antibody test. So just the, the small things that everyone starts practicing more and more and more and more, we will even flatten the curve once we start to open and drop the curve and eventually get, get through it faster, I think. So... Um Emil Ramshot is saying main problem is Zimbabwean numbers are also very wrong and worrying. I mean, Chirundu Zambia side has detected between 20 to 30 people and Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe's numbers are 37 or something like that. But again, you, you, you can't get an accurate uh, number without testing the entire population. And who are you going to test? You're going to test people that, that are showing some kind of symptom or feeling. Spot on. Yeah. yeah. And if someone was feeling like I felt, they're going to stay at home and they're going to be like, oh, I'm fine. So they... Yeah you just it's impossible you can't it's it's hard it's difficult um as much as you i'd like to find fault with the government i i also think we should try and be a little bit fair in the process um for sure it, it's very difficult um, yeah two years well, you missed one sorry you, you missed, missed one just above there from um and adam's talking about conspiracy theories i think we, we chatted a little bit about it like 
And I'm, I'm not into conspiracy theories. I'm into opportunist theory. So Judy Mitkovitz or whatever her name is, like there's literally, you can do a, a 30 second Google search and 5G Judy Mitkovitz and all those people can be blown out of the water. There's no pedophile ring led by Michelle Obama or, or Barack Obama or whatever it is. There's a lot of stuff that's out there. And um, then I think no 5G towers anywhere near me. I live in the middle of the forest. Yeah, or in Zimbabwe, and we've had all that. I know a lot of cases came came back and stuff like that. But it's it's a lot of myths, and I think the sad thing is, like I I I mean, I've got got friends and people that that I would class as, as highly educated, and it's it's almost like you want to blame. The same thing happened to me as soon as I had it. People in Victoria Falls started saying, "Oh my God, I saw Graham three days ago." They, their mind went crazy. They hadn't seen me so soon. They'd seen me you know, a week and a half ago, but because they're worried, they want to blame it on something or they want to attach onto something. And if we can see a 25 minute trailer, I've never watched a a film trailer that's 25 minutes telling me about a story that's coming out on four people that can be debunked in within seconds by actual scientists. So unless every single one of those scientists, every single one of those thousands of doctors out there who are debunking the myth or all on the pay grade and the Illuminati or whatever it is, or, or investing in 5G towers, it's it's we need to we need to give credit to to our intellect and and actually just start to look a little bit deeper and scratch the surface. Even if you scratch it with your fingernail or a teaspoon, you can get it. But I'm I'm still getting on, on WhatsApp groups and stuff like, oh, have you seen this? Oh, have you seen this? It's like, it's it's ridiculous. I, I can I can create a meme or meme or whatever you want to call it and say like, dog bites kill more people than Corona. Um, think on that and post it. And people are like, oh my gosh, I know Graham. I think he went to university. I've seen him. He, he talks well and stuff like that. Must be true. Let me forward it. They start forwarding it onto their people and suddenly everyone believes that dog bites are more dangerous than, than Corona and stuff like that, which is not true. So yeah, and just to get to that, I don't believe in Judy Mitkovitz. I've said it on, on my, my, my Facebook and stuff. Um, there's probably better conspiracy theories out there that we could dive into. Um, is Paulie human? That's one of them. I mean, there's a lot of different things we can we can check. But yeah, so Paulie, over to you. So, Valter uh, Kali is saying two years ago, uh, babies and toddlers were diagnosing with corona and put into hospital. We did not know what it was, and I thought it was strange. This is corona is a family name, like uh, like you say, bats. There's different kinds of bats. There's different kinds of corona. So, um, flu is even a type of coronavirus, isn't it? It's the structure of the virus that's made because it's a, a ring of uh, a, a crown of something corona. I don't know. I'm not a virologist, but it's a group name. If you grab your dental and a lot of your spray clean stuff, if you turn it to the back, it says it cures coronavirus, the family. So, which is true. I mean, we know soap even cures this coronavirus. So that's where Trump started talking about drinking bleach or injecting um, bleach or anything. Sorry, uh, Martin has just said Mosey Rovers. So shout out to Mosey Rovers, the soccer team, Victoria Falls. Uh, Nicola Matheson, Matheson Smythe says, I think the fact that we've had a wake up about hygiene is a good thing. I'm going to disagree with you 100% and I think it's terrible because I think we live far too sanitary lives and I think that's half the problem and I think half the reason I was so, I, I didn't get affected as, that like badly is because I eat things that fall on the floor. No five second rule. 45 minute rule. If it's been on the floor an hour, I'll eat it. I don't care. I eat dead survival courses for the last 10 years. I eat carcasses. I will eat bugs. I don't care. I think it's very important. I think we wash our hands far too much. Um, and I think we, we over sterilize our environments and uh, immune system is like a muscle. If you don't work it, it doesn't get stronger. 
So I'm not saying don't wash your hands now because we're in an extreme <laughs> Now, because your immune systems are not strong, please wash your hands. Please follow the hygiene. Please do yeah. all the things that the WHO and the government recommends because we're now in too deep. It, this is the situation where I'm saying you should be learning to swim before jumping in the water. Right now we're in the water, so you better take the life support. Paulie, I agree with you there. Um, in terms of the, the the what you're saying and stuff like it's spot on, you know. And it's it kids in Zimbabwe and South Africa growing up are different to kids elsewhere, and, and there's different diseases that affect people differently. I'm not saying people here are immune in that. Um, I, I look to be honest. I'm and, and my wife will tell you I'm I'm a germaphobe. Like I wash my hands a hundred times, and I was wearing a mask, and I still managed to catch it. And it's probably because I was maybe too clean or whatever. But it just takes one the, the, the example I give. It just takes one housekeeper where you're staying to sneeze on your toothbrush to catch it. So I definitely agree with Paulie. We need to we need to boost our immune system, and particularly now that we're staying away from everyone. If mm. someone comes in with a, a small bout of flu, we're all going to get it. We're all going to poop our pants and think that we've got we've got corona and stuff. That's that's the problem. But I think in, in to, to jump into who was it Nicola uh, Nicholas thing just to 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 give her a bit of thing. I think and I I'm an opportunist. So coming out of this, we've had a massive reset. There's a control alt reset that's happening throughout. Um, it's 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 happening in businesses sadly businesses that were badly run that had too many people um too much too much expenditure they've suddenly realized hey the times aren't good so now we need to start to 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 cut and and, and stuff like that which is sad but it's good for business sense i'm talking about a business sense in terms of the of the the world and stuff like that so not the not the hygiene and the the immune system that um that paul paulie was touching on there which i agree with you 100 um in terms of carbon emissions i'm excited about that i mean it's sad to see so many planes stationary so many trains stationary so many vehicles stationary but if you actually go to some of the sites that are you know non-profit non-governmental and you start to look at what um the the carbon emissions have, have happened it's great look I, I don't really believe that there were dolphins in the venice canal i think people started mixing things the venice canal was clean um there's 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 turtles coming back to beaches that weren't there before we see it here i mean i I had buffalo outside my gate the other day and I'm not saying that there were no buffalo before but because there's less traffic and stuff those animals are starting to come closer into town because there's there's less interference so take that on an environmental scale of Vic Falls which is pretty uh, one it's, it's kind of a unique place you can have wild animals there but take it on a, a global scale you know you're getting animals coming closer and you're getting maybe more animals breeding and stuff on the same side it's also allowing um poaching and things like that so you you got to weigh it up so to me i would say the 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 um the air the air quality is better if you said to me graham you can become the president of the world tomorrow i i would do a complete lockdown every two weeks every year um and look at it, it it would probably not get me voted as president of the world if there was such a thing but what it would do is it, it would pe give people time to spend with their families so you're not allowed to travel you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to go anywhere you stock up the government can can attend to the the poorer people and stuff like that we can plan for it because we know it's going to be between the first and the 14th of february and then we all come out and have a big party but at least we we're looking intrinsically and we, we're spending time with loved ones we're accepting things more um uh gratefully than just run of the mill we we understanding about the world health and stuff like that for all we know this is the worst thing that's happened to a lot of us right for all we know this is a warning shot that mother earth has gone pink and sent to us and just saying like there could be something worse coming like i i firmly believe there could be zombies walking down the street next i would never have believed we would have anything that could come out that would cancel the olympics I'm that prepared. could cancel everything yeah zombies would actually be fun because it'll give us something to do but it'll be a different challenge um 
boring and yeah. not that much for sure but I, I think mother mother earth or mother nature whoever it is your creator whoever it is is, is giving is giving is giving a warning shot to say guys think about it and i hope that we don't once we come out of this whether it's a vaccine or people break free and run into the streets or whatever it is um that the virus is going to go away it's 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 not a virus that's going to kill mankind it is a virus that's eventually going to mutate so not it's going to kill itself off or it's it's going to disappear through human human um dealings either we stay home whatever we picked ourselves and we don't infect anyone else um or it, it just dies off itself but we need to not go back into the next stage where everything's open and i don't speak to paul again like because I, I spoke to him like i don't see my my baby because i'm at work all the time and i come back and then ah, shall i go and play sports with my friends ah, i'm a little bit tired let me watch tv and eat eat something something on the couch we need to start to reassess our livelihoods and and, and take this as a almost a almost a grateful thing you know opportunist thing it's terrible everything is happening as terrible as terrible as terrible um but we need to be grateful that we've been given this this wake-up call that it's not a full fatality for everyone sadly it has been for a lot of people and will be for future but those of us that can come through it we need to to make sure we yeah we learn from it sorry um just uh, acknowledge uh, Navani Pile's comment. Uh, this is very uh, refreshing to watch. Better than the crap on the news and the psychos on social media with me, me, me mentality. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. That's that means a lot, and uh, we hope that you've enjoyed uh, the interaction so far. Um, Val Chikali has just said, uh, "We are mud kids from Zim. I'm hygienic, but these disinfectant sprays and gels are awful." And yeah. Tanya agrees with that um rosie i think taking personal responsibility to clean up after yourself and promoting a world without litter in a clean environment this is a proactive approach to a better world there's time to reflect and change yeah for sure and um you know even just the the thing of uh, the world has changed on a fundamental level really i mean i think a lot of businesses have realized that you don't have to travel to an office to do your job um at, at congestion traffic those will all be different different things uh, in the future therefore carbon emissions should be down all the rest of it they are down currently but they should they should stay at a lower level than they were before if companies continue to allow their employees to work from home and I, let's hope they do it has many benefits doing your own hours as long as the job is done doing your own hours gives better family time gives better mindsets allows for better health allows for many 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 different things so We've gone over our time by a long way again. It seems to happen a lot these days. If there are any more questions or any more things that you want to add, please, we'll give you two minutes to chuck them in there. Um, otherwise, we're going to wrap it up and say goodbye to everybody. Whilst I'm waiting for the questions, I just want to remind you all, this is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. CAT or 6 p.m. BST. I'll be doing a live broadcast. Um, three out of four broadcasts will be with a guest like Graham. Um, and then one out of four will be me alone uh, in an AMA, ask me anything style conversation with anybody. You can send in questions pre uh, beforehand for the AMAs and I will uh, prepare answers for them and talk about them in advance. Or you can ask there and then in the in the live feed. Um, on That'll be next Wednesday. Um, I think as well, if you want to have an actual conversation with me like Graham's come on to, onto the show, Please inbox me. Let me know what topic you're looking at. Uh, let's chat about it. Let's work out something and let's get get on the air. 
Um, it's always nice to explore different uh, perspectives. I'm really keen on talking about con conservation with somebody. If there's a hunter guide out there or a, a, a conservationist or a uh, um, some kind of uh, animal orphanage, anything, if you want to talk about conservation, please come to chat with me and I'll be more than happy to, to start a conversation. I might ask you hard questions. I might ask you questions you don't like. I might uh, play a bit of devil's advocate. Don't take it personally. I just want to get information and, and uh, different perspectives and all different sides of an equation so that people can make informed, educated decisions on their own, rather than always listening to the hype and propaganda that's put out there. Uh, my favorite um, my favorite quote that I, that I use so often is, hell hath no fury like a vested interest masquerading as a moral principle. So even some that are looking like they're doing all the right things are often doing the wrong thing behind closed doors because they have an agenda. So I like to bring all sides of the equation to 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 allow us to make educated and informed decisions. Um, Pauline, just a yeah. quick one. Sorry, we missed something. So Christine, sorry, I hope you are feeling better. Um, you did say you were feeling sick and had the test. So hopefully your test does come back back negative. And then I know you're gonna you're gonna wrap up, Pauline. So just from me, thanks very much. And and also. Guys, we've got we've got this short window of time where we we are stuck at home. Let's make the best out of it. Um, I'm not I'm not saying livelihoods aren't worth it, and and we should open up tomorrow. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, just look after yourself. Look after your loved ones. Um, we've got more interest now of calling each other and spending time on 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 these chats and stuff like that. So take advantage of it. Wear a mask where you can. I know in some places you don't have to, but it is going to help. You might be like me who is asymptomatic. Had I gone out and played touch rugby or gone to the shops or something like that, I would have spread it to a lot more people. Um, it's not it's not about you and me who, who who can survive it. If you if you're of a certain age group, you know the underlying health categories. It's about you knowing that you may infect someone down the line and that person has passed away. How are you going to live with that? So whether we believe in conspiracy theories or not, guys, take the, the take this opportunity to enjoy it. Wear a mask, wash your hands, um, love one another, and as as a human race, we can stop this if we all just look into ourselves. And thank you so much, Graham, for coming on and uh, putting yourself out there. And uh, I'm going to let you go because I can hear you being called. Yeah, there's there's a little baby that's starting to cry now, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in trouble. Much, Graham. We'll catch you later. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Much love. Thank you. Um, How do I just and thank you uh, to everybody who came and uh, played with us and joined in on the conversation. It really means a lot. Uh, like I said, every Wednesday, we'll see you there on Soshing with Suntwe. Take care.